0: Welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, soccer people. Welcome to Soccer Morning on a Wednesday. Big show lined up for you today. Thank you very much for joining us as always. Let me go ahead off the top of the show since I always do this stuff at the end. Sometimes I think it gets lost. Remind you that uh, we're on iTunes. We have YouTube video stuff. Speaking of iTunes, I was just per, I'm not really the guy that goes and looks and sees what our ratings are like star wise or commentary comments on the show, but I'm sure that we probably need more like we always need more. If you like the show at all, please go give us a rating and review at iTunes. It would help us out quite a bit in the the battle to be relevant in the podcast world or something like that. It's cutthroat guys like you have no idea No, I'm just kidding. It's not. We're all friends. We all compete uh, in a friendly manner. Big show for you today. As I mentioned, we're going to cover the news here in a minute, but I want to let you know that David Cartledge, our friend in Spain, will join us at 910 to go over some of the Champions League stuff, maybe take a peek at La Liga Ronaldo. My good God, Ronaldo. It is insane what that man is doing right now. Let's do that. Let's dive into the news where we will touch on the insanity that is Cristiano Ronaldo Champions League results from yesterday both of the Manchester teams fall PSV 2-1 over Manchester United obviously that game marked by the gruesome injury suffered by Luke Shaw breaking his leg in a challenge by Hector Moreno Moreno of PSV I have not watched it and I'm not going to watch it and you can't make me watch it I had that game on my television I'm sitting at in I'm sitting in my my house on my couch Working on some stuff on my laptop while the game's on my big screen, and I look down either at Twitter or to right, and I look up, and Luke Shaw is being attended to, and I'm seeing on Twitter that he broke his legs, and I'm like, no, his leg, and I'm like, nope, not gonna do it. I've seen gruesome injuries before, I'm not a fan. So uh, if you want to ask me about whether the challenge deserved a red, I don't know, and honestly, I'm not gonna know. Manchester City falling as well. This one much worse, if you can imagine. One, two, Juventus with the win. Mandzukic and Morata score for the Italian champions. Not going well for Manchester City, right out of the gates in the group stage. Remember, this is the competition they continually uh, target as uh, the goal for a team that has dumped a ton of money into their squad year after year. PSG 2-0 over Malmo. No, Ibrahimović did not score. Cavani and Di Maria did the honors, but PSG with a win. Real Madrid, as mentioned, Ronaldo, a hat trick. Two of those were penalties. 4-0 over Shakhtar Donetsk, And Ronaldo now with eight goals in his last two matches. Wolfsburg 1-0 over CSKA Moscow. Benfica 2-0 over FC Astana. Galatasaray, losers to Atletico Madrid at home, 2-0 Sevilla 3 0 over monscheng so it does not go well for the German side either. Champions League schedule today Bayer Leverkusen versus Bate. Roma hosting Barcelona in a big match we'll talk to David Cartlidge about. Valencia hosting Zenit St. Petersburg. Ghent versus Lyon. Dynamo Zagreb versus Arsenal. Chelsea, amidst uh, all that drama in their league campaign. Playing host to Maccabi Tel Aviv, Olympiacos hosting Bayern Munich, Dynamo Kiev hosting FC Porto. The CONCACAF Champions League, DC United has booked their place in the knockout round with a 2-0 win over Robbie Unido last night at RFK Stadium. Uh, Real Salt Lake gets a single point in El Salvador in a goalless draw against Santa Tecla. And you have Vancouver hosting Olympia of Honduras. Tonight in that competition. Speaking of that competition, after the match against the Robbie Unido last night, Ben Olsen dropped a hint that CONCACAF is considering changing the schedule for the Champions League in this part of the world, acting as though uh, I'm not sure I didn't see the inflection. I didn't I didn't hear the audio necessarily. But the quote is, oh, did, uh, did you guys not know about that? I guess it was an email. Oops. This could come as early as 2017, and what it would do is obviously switch the Champions League from this uh, split calendar uh, situation where the group stage happens in one portion or in one one year and one season for MLS, certainly, and then carries over with the knockout rounds happening uh, the next spring. The plan is to have, apparently... The plan is to have the entire tournament take place over one calendar year. This would certainly benefit MLS teams who right now suffer from being in preseason form when the knockout rounds come around uh, in early spring. But it would also benefit Mexican teams. If you think that's counterintuitive because they have such a big advantage, um, if they have such a big advantage, um, because of being in form when the knockout rounds come around. They do play, they, they will be in relatively good form deep into the Apertura by the time the, the finals come around uh, in a Champions League that takes place over one calendar year, and it would mean much less of a gap between winning the tournament and going into the Club World Cup, which has been a hindrance to Mexican teams over the past couple of years, not performing well at the club world cup because it's an 8 month wait until they go into that tournament and Mexican teams turn over perhaps as much as any teams uh, any team in the world. MLS news, Los Angeles Football Club has confirmed that 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 will be the official name. They will be called LAFC that was uh dropped yesterday. We talked to Kevin Baxter over at SiriusXM FC about the campaign to market to millennials in Los Angeles. I'm softening a bit on my stance on LAFC. It's still a little weird, but I kind of get it. MLS has rescinded the red card for Sporting Kansas City's Dom Dwyer that he picked up in their loss to Orlando City on the weekend. He was sent off for shoving Orlando City defender David Mateos, who made a meal out of it. Certainly went down uh, as though he had been uh, punched in the face and there was no such thing happening there while I think that the red card is harsh um uh, I, I sort of saw the wisdom of, or I saw understood the red card even if Mateos had made uh made something else out of it uh rescinding the red card completely I, I'm not so sure about that but uh alas when simulation is involved that's the reaction got games tonight in MLS NYCFC hosting Toronto big game for Toronto as they try to maintain their spot in the Eastern Conference playoffs uh, structure. New England hosting the New York Red Bulls in a big, big, big match in the Eastern Conference. San Jose hosting Montreal. Problem for Montreal, per reports, no Piotti, no, no Dragba, no Evan Bush, no Justin Mapp, no Donadell, and no Laurent Simon. So that is a problem for Montreal if all of those players are missing. And finally, the Frisco County, Frisco City Council has unanimously approved unanimously, let's say that word, unanimously approved $39 million in improvements to Toyota Stadium there, FC Dallas' home venue. This could pave the way for the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame to be located in Frisco. We reported on the talk that there were a couple of different bids, including one, I believe, uh, in northern Pennsylvania for a home for the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame, this one. Uh, the, the plan is to also maybe move it to Frisco, Texas. And this $39 million improvement plan is thought to be a precursor to that, although no deal has officially been announced. All right, let's uh, step aside. We'll get our friend David Cartledge on the phone and we'll talk Spanish clubs in the Champions League. We'll talk La Liga. It should be fun. Don't go anywhere. Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Talking too loud Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. We are back on Soccer Morning on a Wednesday, a Wednesday in the middle of September. And what that means is that we have Champions League to talk about. We're going to do that from a Spanish perspective with our friend David Cartledge. You can follow him on Twitter at David J.A.C.A. David, how are you?
1: I'm well, thank you. Nice to join you
0: again. It's nice to have you. All right, let's uh, let's touch on on the Champions League results from yesterday. I think it begins with the performance of, of Cristiano Ronaldo, both in the league um, from the weekend and in heading into this match, uh, where Real Madrid just took apart Shakhtar Donetsk. Now, two of these goals are penalties. Uh, you know, some people will obviously uh, <laughs> will will minimize that a little bit, but come on, eight goals in two matches—that's uh, that's insane.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> <So>, um, a <laughs> They're attacking power and, uh, and, and they're doing exactly that. So you can't really complain about that, no? Um, the penalty decisions were a little um, fortuitous, shall we say. And Sergio Ramos tried to get another one as well, which is absurd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't know, I think that line's going around. It's hilarious. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, they, they showed that power and uh, they, they did what they can do.
0: Uh, now, uh, the, again, Shaq Donetsk not not the the strongest team they're going to face in this competition, clearly. But at the same time, um, you know it's important to start. It's important to start well, I, I suppose. What what um, what takeaways are there? Because you know, Rafa is uh, of a particular sort of interest in his leadership of this club.
1: Yeah, um, I think at the moment it's a case of. Yeah, Rafa keeps saying that uh, the team must improve and um, and their opponents are having um, too much of the ball that's what we saying at the moment so that's, that's an issue I think that, that, that they're trying to address game by game um, on, on that basis and, and and the opponents are getting chances that's the thing they they are allowed time to, to build and take games to Madrid but nobody has really punished them so far um, so it's a case of when will somebody actually do that I mean and not to down them, uh, to, to down Real Madrid or anything, they've had, they've had quite an easy start to the season. Um, you know, I mean, I know they're away to Espanol, when they put them Bolton, but Espanol, or a team they notoriously walk over. Um, and then they've got Granada to play next, you know, and then they've got to go against Granada. Oh, Here's just waiting for the first real test, I think, Real Madrid. I don't think they've been tested properly yet.
0: Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, you yeah, know, we we're obviously going to see them tested at some point. I guess that's when we'll find out uh, again whether or not Rafa has them headed in in the right direction. All right. So we also had uh, we also had in the Champions League yesterday. Sevilla taking out monchengladbach three nothing. I think that says a lot about. Look, it, it's on Sevilla's home turf, and, and that helps. But this says a lot about Mönchengladbach and their start to the season. But you can't take anything away from Sevilla.
1: Um, no, man, absolutely not. They, uh, I, I think, Emery's made for this competition. I think in in the past when he's been here with Valencia and when he was there with Spartak Moscow, he, he I, I still think he he was making the same old errors that he, that he had before, and he wasn't really improving. But I think now he's a far superior coach than he was many years ago, and so they see the benefit of that. And it will be interesting to see um, in the future in the away games and things how he fares. But I think Emery's a coach who's he, he set up perfectly for this competition. Sevilla so could do well and could maybe get the odd scalp or t- if they get their forward line sorted out.
0: Well, it helps them in the group that uh, that Manchester City City started so poorly uh, with a home loss to Juventus. Uh, I imagine that that works in Sevilla's favor. Also, uh, Atletico Madrid two nothing winners on the road at Galatasaray. It, it, Turkey is is notoriously difficult uh, place to play, um, particularly in this competition. A, 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 I mean, a strong performance from Atleti certainly. But what was it? What, what kind of performance was it overall? Did they did they dominate Galatasaray? Were they opportunistic? How does this fit?
1: Yeah, this is the game that I paid most attention to out of all the Spanish teams last night. I, I revisited the others, of course, but this was the one where I watched live. I wanted to watch as it happened, and it was just a brilliantly executed performance from Atleti. It was very expertly done. They, they quite the the crowd was they barely had a chance to get into the game because I let had shut them off straight away and, and and once they did that you felt they could build on that and they did, exactly did they got those two snap goals and they just really killed the game off with, with 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 wonderful authority and they didn't really need to be amazing they were just experts in how they did it they've been here before they're they're very good I think it's. Mm. It's uh, only one loss in their last seven away European uh, group games, which is just outstanding. And I was really impressed with how they uh, how they went about the game.
0: So that's uh, that's three win- three wins to start the group stage for the Spanish clubs. You got one more team in action, obviously. That's Barcelona today. They're in Rome, um, the uh, favorites, but h- by how much? And and, and really, what can Rome what can Roma do to try to slow down Barcelona?
1: Yes, don't forget the Valencia as well. Say, oh, you know.
0: sorry, I apologize for that. I did skip over Valencia. <laughs> I have them right here on my on my schedule. Yeah, at home against uh, Zenit Saint Petersburg. So we'll, we'll come to Valencia. I've already set the table for Barcelona.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so, so Barcelona. Yeah, I think the Romans started re- the start of the season really well, so I think they'll be they'll be quietly confident. I think that they can do something. But like the Rossi said, they have to tackle the Messi threat head on. They can't ignore it. They can't focus on other areas. They need to shut him down and. And I think that's gonna be their primary task. I I know it's very basic analyst, but that's what they have to do. They have to shoot Lionel Messi down. And if they can do that, then they can build on their own game and then Roma can maybe cause surprise and, and I think they can certainly kill. Roma's got some good players who could help Barcelona.
0: Well there there's already there's already these narratives that are coming out. I mean, you know, whether or not they are you know, they there's certainly, they're certainly have some appeal, but whether or not they're accurate completely in, in a general sense, I don't know, but there's, you know, obviously the both Manchester teams lose obviously Manchester city at home. That's particularly damaging to their cause, but there's also this, Oh, well the Italian teams are, you know, obviously very uh, tactically sound and, and, and they, uh, they come out and they know how they want to play and they, they use that to their advantage. Is that something that Barcelona is going to face? Is is Roma of that particular ilk, or is that just a general, you know, is that the general thing we say about Italian clubs? It doesn't always apply.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's part and part. I think there there is some there's definitely some substance to that sort of claim. And um, I think uh, the Italian teams will still set up a certain way. They they are very tactical. Like, it's a very tactical league. You have to be a special player, I think, to succeed in that league. Um, and, and, mm-hmm. and then on the other hand, I think that really yeah, you know, he he really playing. I think. He he will commit numbers forward, I think, for Roma, and they will have a go at Barcelona. Because this is the problem sometimes. We're talking about Real Madrid not being tested. Teams need to go at Real Madrid and Barcelona. You know, they, they need to have a go at them. They have got vulnerabilities. There's weaknesses mm-hmm. there, and, and teams have to go at them. So I think it would be in Roma's best interest to actually commit numbers and 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 put in a, an attacking performance against Barcelona.
0: You certainly can't play afraid, not not at home in the Champions League. All right, let's, uh, as I mentioned, I didn't mean to skip over them. So apologies to, to any Valencia fans listening right now. Valencia at home is in at St. Petersburg. Um, give me the outlook for that match.
1: Yeah, it's, it's Valencia's return after a few years away back to the Champions League as you and I had them in last time. Um, and, and basically, it's... It, it's a Valencia are long and in love and need uh, to respond. Again, they're looking to go through their own issues at the moment in their domestic league and, and in terms of uh, Andre Villas-Boas. So I think they, so they are a team that's vulnerable. In Valencia, I think need to capitalise and I think they need a performance as well because Valencia's start to the season hasn't been particularly spectacular. They were, they were shocked a little bit by Monaco, but uh, gradually got through that one. And then in the league as well, that have not been entirely convincing. So I think they really need a performance again in front of the in front of the home fans on a on a night which should have a good atmosphere. Yeah, uh, a lot of people looking forward to Champions League football again.
0: Especially because that group sets up so nicely for them if they can get off to a good start. I mean, that's not the toughest group in this competition.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's um, it, it's something that Nuno has got to look at and think. Look, we can get through this, and I think the expectations around Valencia as well. Look, you, know, you, spend a the you can uh, past take off these boots, take it round you, get a scalp on the wrist. So probably uh, they definitely not here to make numbers. Or or happily fall back into the league. Uh,
0: and again, the, the the overarching narratives. I mean, let's uh, let's imagine the Barcelona. Handles, Roma, even if that's a, a draw on the road, I think that that's something they could stomach. And, and Valencia at home takes care of Zenit St. Petersburg. Now we're talking about all of the Spanish clubs coming out strong in this competition and just a reinforcement. And especially, David, I imagine a good thing for Spanish football that it's not just Real Madrid and Barcelona or even Atleti who has had success in this competition recently. But you throw in Sevilla and Valencia starting well and, and you kind of continue that um that narrative that is that Spanish football is, is fairly strong a little bit farther down the table than most people give it credit.
1: Exactly, and this is the best case, this is the best opportunity for for, for these teams to show that and and, and you you do rightly say it. the teams after Ledi, they need to show as well because okay, Letty have got themselves not pedal for now. People know they produce good players, they they end up selling them on, okay, but they know they're a good team, and now Valencia. In Sevilla, they need to show. I know Sevilla have got that Europa League win, but people are maybe still not taking them entirely seriously. So Valencia and Sevilla are in a great opportunity here. In Europa League as well, I think Real have got to show. You know, these um Athletic Global, they've got to show a better account of themselves as well in, in that competition. So yes, absolutely. These teams must really put in a performance, I think, because there's still lot for me that La Liga have to prove.
0: And there's, I mean, we, we've talked uh, extensively about some of the imbalance issues um, in in Spain. And, and I read ahead of the uh, start of the group stage uh, of the Champions League, David. Somebody uh, there, there was a piece out that identified the gap between the the biggest clubs, the richest clubs in this competition, and and some of the the smaller clubs. Obviously, FC Astana is getting a lot of attention for being way out in Kazakhstan and, and obviously being a small club. But the the gap is something like seven hundred million euros. Um, I don't even know what that. Is. I suppose that's in the player value. Is that you know? Is that an issue for you? I mean, how do you, how do you sort of reconcile the Champions League and where we are with this competition when it's pretty clear there are, there are only three or four clubs that that you would identify as as real favorites?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it will take a special team to to upset the elite, to upset Bayern Munich, the Real Madrid, the Barcelona, the, the teams that do spend money, the teams that have got these star players. But I think Sevilla should again, going back to Sevilla in the Europa League, they were up against teams who spent a lot more money than them as well, and in terms of the Premier League teams as well, and, and they saw them off. And if you're a well-run club, if you've got a good coach, an intelligent coach, and your squad has been built correctly, and you have the right depth there, you have an excellent starting 11 with a few quality players who could probably score up a level, then there's every chance that you could shock. And Valencia, Sevilla... They are the, the the teams that could actually do that. Atleti as well. They they they're in this little bracket of teams just under the elite that could actually stun these um these bigger sides on the day through a, a whole team performance. So I think that's where it is. The team who is best coached, and then also has this squad that's being built correctly.
0: What what is the financial impact for for teams like uh, like Sevilla, Valencia in this comp- being in this competition, and and you know obviously they they want to advance. Um, if they can get through the, group? what's the financial impact on on those clubs? We we know Real Madrid and Barcelona are are going to be rich no matter what happens, um, but there's got to be some significant impact for those teams.
1: Oh, absolutely, it's massive. I mean, compare. I mean, if, if Sevilla just get through this group stage with a couple of wins under their belt, and then maybe get past the first rock, uh, the first knockout stage. They will have amassed more money than they did altogether going to the final of the Europa League. That's how much the, the money difference between these two competitions is. So the money that they can bring in will be fantastic, and and also for these teams like Valencia and Sevilla as well, a lot of their income is through player sales. That's how it comes from. So they need another outlet to bring money in, and, and the Champions League is perfect. It's the it's, it's, Holy ground for them. They need to be there. They need to be getting this money, in. and and it's, it's it's massively important for these
0: Spanish teams. Mm. Uh, now let's uh, let's talk about uh, the league as it uh, as it sits at the moment. Just three weeks in, three match days in. Uh, Barcelona top of the table, no surprise there. Real Madrid in second. Okay. Uh, by the way, Real Madrid scoring eleven goals in three matches so far. We know about that six nothing win over Espanyol, uh, which obviously pushes pushes their number up. Uh, you know, we we're talking about Sevilla and they have yet to win in the league. What's uh, What accounts for the slow start there?
1: Yeah, I think it's just a case of getting all uh I think we discussed this um, in, in the first um, podcast of the new season about teams with lots of new players, and Sevilla are one of them, and they just gradually adjust into the new system, and especially when they've lost somebody like Carlos Parker, where the teams very much built around and, and catered towards how he played and how they they all moved around him, and now they're just finding their way with somebody like Llorente, and, and Kevin Gamero as we saw midweek and they're going to take time to get there but I think when they do it, it should be interesting to watch so that's why they're a little bit throughout the blocks at the moment but I still think there's a, there's a lot to come from them got a lot of injuries now as well I mean, in the department's defence, they've lost their goalkeeper as well midfield they really haven't had a full selection to choose from so it will take time for them to get up and run but and they will.
0: They host uh, Celta Vigo on, on Sunday uh, but that that's a Celta Vigo team that started out very well themselves, two wins and a draw from three matches. Uh, we'll just handicap that one a bit for me. And, and how much of Celta Vigo's start is sort of the opposite, maybe, from what Sevilla's dealing with?
1: Yeah, Celta so Vigo, again, with another team we've discussed before, and saying, I mean, all people talk about Valencia and Sevilla, why you should watch the Liga. As I said before, if there is another team you should watch in this league this season, it's somebody like Celta Vigo. It's very, the Vireal Vigo, Athletic Celta Vigo are a very attractive team, play a very nice football, very attractive to watch, very patient build up. And they've got, you know, they've got some little stars there in terms of Oriana and Nolito. These these are good players. They're very, very good players who could easily play a, a high level up, but Celta have got them. They've got a very good coach in Bariso. And um, and and right now they they are they're looking looking very strong. They're a very attacking minded team, and they will concede goals absolutely, as we saw. It was a three three game at the weekend of the last Palmas. It was the best game of the season so far. I know it's very early, but it was the best game. It was it, it's been fantastic, and um, and they play very attacking. And they're, they're a team that if you get the time, that you should definitely check them out. And um, to anybody listening, hmm.
0: uh, l- let me. I'm looking at Barcelona's results so far. Obviously, they're they're perfect. They're, they have three wins in three. Uh, they start out. They started out the season with um, uh, a, a one nothing. I'm sorry, a two one nothing win over Bilbao, who they had just beaten in the Super Cup uh, by a much larger margin. Or no, they lost to uh, Atletico Bilbao. seriously, in the Super Cup. So that was a bit of a redemption there. They beat Malaga one nothing, and then they they do take down Atletico Madrid, which I imagine is is a pretty significant thing at this point in the year. But there's they're not scoring the way that we expect Barcelona to score, at least not in La Liga. is that that just slow out of the blocks or is there something else at work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think their their preseason has maybe took it out them a little bit and they are working up to to peak fitness, to peak form. They've they've had players drop in and out the side as well, obviously, and, and things are still not completely clicking at the moment there. But again, it's nothing to worry about. And I think if you look... They've they've navigated two of their most um their dangerous away fixtures in terms mm-hmm. of uh going to Santa Calderon against Aledi and then Sam Jomez against Altec Global. Those two fixtures are out of the way, they're, they're horrific fixtures fixtures for any team to go to. So for the fact that they have come there with maximum points is very impressive considering they're not at full full speed, shall we say. But I think again this is a t- it Barcelona team you'll you'll see peak again in the new year, I think. But for now, yeah, I think
0: they'll they'll get by. They'll be fine. Sure, of course. I mean, you know, we we imagine that they will. Uh, it would be a surprise. We don't have any. We don't have any Chelseas in Spain at the moment, do we? I mean, even even what we just talked about with Sevilla, and you know, their expectation isn't to win a title necessarily, but even that it can be can be justified in some manner. Where where are the surprises so far? Again, three matches is real tough to pin down anything, David. But there's got to be something where you're like, oh, well, that's that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I guess you would have to say. I mean, looking at the different end of the scale is is Ibar. They're up there in fifth place, and they won two games from their first three. This is a team that many said, "Okay, these guys are down, and you know they, they're finished." And um, they're, they're surprising everybody. They're, they're putting in the hard work to, you know, they haven't got the talent or anything like that, but they've got a lot of hard work. They've got a great chemistry, a great ethic, and they're all pulling in the same direction. So that's probably the little surprise, and then Salt as we discussed as well. So they're probably the two surprising at the moment, I would say, but there's, there's no Chelsea case in terms of a, a giant flittering. Mean, Sevilla's not
0: really on that level. What about on the other end? I mean, like Ibar in fifth, okay, that's a, something of a surprise. The the promoted teams, you know, we're always tracking them uh, at least early in the year to see how they're adjusting to the, to the new level and whether or not they can scrape together some points that they can uh, build a foundation on in order to make sure that they stay up. It, it, how is that going so far? Las Palmas, um, uh, who am I missing? I, I'm obviously missing Two real
1: real Betis and Sporting. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah. They've all shown really big positive signs at um, this early stage. None of them look particularly out of their depth. I know Sporting's down there, but they got a draw against Real Madrid. They got a draw against uh, Real Sociedad as well. You know, and Las Palmas have played some excellent football. They just probably need to defend a little, with a little more intelligence. They're not in Segunda anymore. They can't go uh, gung ho as they have. Um, and Betis are obviously, uh, and Betis are there as well. They've won, drawn, and lost in their first three games. So they're all showing really positive signs. And, and, the, and exactly like we said, they, they, none of them will be pushovers. They've all got their qualities to bring to the, the league table.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got Las Palmas against Ryo Vallocano. I got some questions about Raya Vallocano here coming up in a second. But Ibar hosting at Letty, um, with Ibar having surprised so far. Uh, Atleti, uh, Atleti in the Champions League. A, a, a potential for anything? Any surprise there on Saturday?
1: Yes. Coming back from Turkey, it could be one that maybe Atleti don't fancy. And they're still putting together their team, Atleti. They've been impressive. They've shown some very nice signs so far this season. But they're still clicking. I mean, for instance, Jackson hasn't really settled into the, the centre-forward role. So I think you're going to maybe see Torres up front um, in that game. They're going to have to go for a bit more muscle and a bit more experience in that game. So... I thought will definitely fancy themselves Saturday night uh, under the floodlights at that little stadium. Oh, absolutely.
0: They will fancy themselves. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you're going to get a look at that game coming up on the weekend. All right. So, uh, Ryan Vicano, who I mentioned, uh, is away to Las Palmas this weekend. Th- they've come up, they've popped up in American soccer circles recently, David. And I don't know if I've had a chance to ask you about this. Uh, if, I do- if I have, I apologize, but I think it's worth reviewing. Apparently, they've uh, decided to get involved in the lower divisions uh, of American soccer and, and have bought a, a stake in a team in Oklahoma City, which um, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Oklahoma City, middle of the country, not overly large. Yeah. Obviously, uh, uh, not a hotbed for the sport by any stretch, but, but it is, the game's growing here, so there's always opportunity. What would account for a, for a club like Raiva Kano? Who who certainly isn't one of the big boys of Spanish football and and really can't throw around a ton of money. But what would account for them getting involved in something like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting one because Rio, uh, the team in La Liga, one of shall we say that are uh, one of the one of the poorest teams, uh, and it's it's a, it's a very interesting move by them because they've also made some efforts. This they've gone out on a limb this this summer, really, to to in in terms of. <laughs> globalisation shall we say because they've also sealed a they've got a sponsorship deal with a Chinese company. Mm. And then this and they've also signed a Chinese player as well. And then this news came about uh about Oklahoma City as well. So it's interesting, there's definitely an effort from them to to attack different markets. Uh, it's a it's a move that's been backed by the Liga's chief Javier Debas. You know, he he said he likes to see that they move into Strategic market, shall we say, and and will help them grow, get the Ryo right name out there, and it's um it's it's an interesting it's an interesting move. It, it really is.
0: Well, is, you know, how do La Liga teams that aren't um, one of the big two, how do they deal with? The notion of, of... I mean, obviously, we're in this this race now to spread your brand all over the world. And, and you know, the, the, the fans, the real fans, don't like talking about these things, but they are part of the business of football these days. How does the rest of La Liga, that isn't Barcelona and Real Madrid and can't really just trade on their success, how do they deal with this kind of issue? And, and you know, is it just a matter of signing up with a Chinese company? Is there is there some active program they can run? I mean, we're talking about a club who you know, who plays in a stadium of less than 15000 it's not as though there's some sort of expectation that they're ever going to grab a large part of the world market.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it's an interesting one. It's like, a, it's like a bit by bit, I think, they, they're trying to do, right? are trying to get some exposure, some revenue from somewhere. It, it's an interesting, especially with the Chinese deal and finding the Chinese player as well. You know, revenue is obviously a big issue there. And it's just trying to create a different avenue to to go down and put the name of your the, put the name of the club out there. And it's it's a, it's an interesting one, and it really is. It's some it's something you will have to see develop over time to see what comes of it. But it, it is a strange one, especially like I said, because it's Rayo Vallecano. If it was any the club, then we might not but nil it. So you know, but it would have been Rayo. It's it's different
0: is there is there a sense that this is something these clubs have to be doing in order to make up for the discrepancy in in the in the tv money in spain i mean you know maybe maybe rio's goal rio vacano's goal is to stay up i mean you know maybe it's nothing beyond that maybe it's one day to to look for a, a europa league berth. but they they clear and this is what i dislike so much about the stratification of european football david it's you always know going into a season that your that your goals can't out, out, outstrip your spending. So how do these clubs? I mean, is this is this part of that? Is it make trying to make up for some of that? And if there is a fairer split of the TV money, and I think we've made progress in that area, does that eliminate the need for some of these clubs to to look outside Spanish borders? Yeah,
1: definitely. That's that's why they're doing it. Primarily, they're they're looking for an extra avenue to bring to bring a tiny. Little, Extra bit of amount of money, and if it's a big amount, then amazing. But if it's a small amount, okay, they you know they'll happily to take that as well. And it's they're just trying to create something something else and do something differently. And in terms of this globalization, it's not something that sp- Spanish clubs are, are really big on or are really wise to. It's something that I think that needs to be done. I mean, we obviously look at the Manchester City. And um, the development they have got um you know with uh, with new york and and it's something that Spanish clubs perhaps need to do, whether you think it's a, a bad thing or a good thing, you know the, whether it rips out the the meaning of the game or whatever that but it's probably something that the bigger clubs need to do, and it's something that I think you might see more often in, in Spain and it's something that people who own these clubs are actively trying to do. I know Levante, as owner, has been out and he's been trying to seek investment from different parts of the globe, and then Rayo obviously succeeded. Valencia have done it before. to some good success as well. So, it, so yeah, it's something I think we're, we're going to see a lot more of um, in the near future.
0: It's a very interesting, very fascinating stuff. David Cartledge talking Spanish football. The Spanish clubs in the Champions League doing very well. We expect Valencia and Barcelona uh, to perhaps continue that trend today or looking forward to that. Follow David on Twitter at DavidJACA and uh, find his work uh, through his Twitter account. What else should I be telling people, David? Got anything else you want to plug? No, that's, that's everything. Yeah,
1: you've got me. That's <laughs> where you find me and that's where you'll find everything about
0: yeah, And his regular appearance is right here on Soccer Morning. David, appreciate it as always. Fantastic stuff. We'll be uh, watching Champions League today and uh, La Liga on the weekend. Appreciate it. Great joining me. There goes uh, David Cartledge. Good stuff from him. We will take a break and we'll come back and we'll set up the phones and you can call me and we can talk about all of this and the Champions League and Oklahoma City and MLS and Cocky Champions League and the schedule switch and everything else in a minute. Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTec.com. I've got five broke strings on a broke guitar. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. We're back on Soccer Morning on a Wednesday. A Wednesday that brings us soccer. Lovely, lovely soccer. Champions League in Europe. MLS action tonight with a couple of games. And then you have Vancouver in the CONCACAF Champions League as well. So a big match day. Big match day all over the place. I think the highlight of the day, I mean, look. You can't say anything negative about about the UEFA uh, Champions League. I mean, I, duh. I mean, da. Olympiacos, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Maccabi Tel Aviv, uh, Valencia, Santa St. Petersburg, Roma, Barcelona. That's a huge one. Clearly, these are big games. But in this part of the world, nothing bigger than New England, New York, with first place in the Eastern Conference hanging in the balance. If New England wins... They jump over the Red Bulls and D.C. United into first place in the East. If the Red Bulls win, they extend their lead over D.C. United or they create a gap between themselves and D.C. United. Right now, tied on points, but again, they've got games in hand. And we know that seeding matters on some level, not only because the MLS Cup championship game, the MLS Cup final, will be played at the home of the club with the highest number of points left in the tournament, but also because... You get to start at home in the playoffs, or you get home. Yeah, whatever I just said. Because actually, Red Bulls, DC United, right now holding down those top two spots. Those are the spots that go into immediately into um, into those semifinals, where you play home and a leg, uh, home and away, two legged series. So we'll see how this plays out tonight. I, I think that New England at home is the way to go. I've got 2-1 for New England. But I'm willing to hear dissent on this subject. So give me a call. 646-832-3909. We'll, uh, we'll get you in. You can talk about MLS or the Champions League, as I mentioned. All right, we're having an issue with the phones. All right, do you want to... Maybe if I reset the phone system. Should we reset the phone system? I'm just uh, I'm just going to talk to Trevor here for a second, guys. Just hold on one second. Just get check with it Check with the boss man see what we need to do to get the phones working i want to be able to talk to the people uh okay let me i don't think so i'm in the host room okay anyway uh (laughs) let's take a quick break that's a good idea let's get the tech let's get the tech fixed get the tech fixed we'll come back we'll fix yeah we'll get you on the line soccer morning worldsoccertalk.com soccer morning on world soccer talk with jason davis all right i am back but the phones are not the phones are just screwed for today our apologies the technology does not want to work that occasionally happens there's literally nothing we can do i know you have thoughts concerns and questions and you want to get them in uh and i'd love to talk to you but there's just no way to get that working today so this is what we're going to do. We're going to spend the next couple of minutes just uh, talking about some of the issues and, and stories of the day. If you want to throw in anything, hit me up on Twitter, at Soccer Morning. That's the best way to get your thoughts of what's going on on the program. You know, which uh which games are you looking forward to most today? I mean, this is a full schedule. This is more than you uh, might even get some weekends uh, occasionally. Well, it depends, of course. We usually have league schedules, but you got... Champions League, the pinnacle of club football in the world, even if not all of these matchups meet that standard. And you've got MLS with a couple of big games. And again, uh, the New England-New York clash is the the more sexy of the two with first place on the line in the Eastern Conference. But you've also got Toronto visiting New York City FC. And this one is intriguing in part because of Toronto's place in in the Eastern Conference standings right now and how they're trying to hold on to a playoff spot. They've never made the playoffs in their history. So to to get there would be an achievement. Now, of course, you know, our goal is the MLS Cup. Of course, everybody wants to win a championship. And in this league, you can reasonably imagine yourself winning a championship even if you finish fifth in the Eastern Conference. Right now, the gap between Toronto and Montreal is five points. Montreal has two games in hand on Toronto FC. One of those is going to go away tonight. If Toronto does not beat New York City FC or loses, let's just say let's say it that way, if they lose to NYC FC tonight, it's not going to be easy. I mean, Yankee Stadium presents some quirks. It's not as though Toronto's in such good form that they can walk into that building and beat a team that's in turmoil. They're going to have a struggle. They may. They may have a struggle. And if they lose this match, that puts... Montreal five points back with only one ga- with uh with uh sorry with three games in hand again and an opportunity to climb back and maybe jump over Toronto FC and then we're talking about okay now is Toronto going to be pulled back down into a struggle just to make it into the playoffs at all because there is only one thing that's uh there's only one way that Toronto season is a success and that's making the playoffs They can't finish seventh and say, oh, but we had a good year. And, you know, Jovinko was really good in 2015. And Michael Bradley was okay. I I mean, what are you going to say? How are you going to build on that? You need the playoffs. They need the playoffs so that they can create that stability. Not only with uh, the players. And imagine Jovinko and Bradley and Altidore and Osorio and uh, all of these guys. Need some reason to stick around for the near future if they see some positive, uh, some positive growth in this team. But you know, give Toronto needs a reason not to fire Greg Vanny. I say it that way. Toronto FC needs a reason to keep Greg Vanny around, and I'm not saying that Greg Vanny's a great coach. I'm not saying that he's the right coach. But if he gets them to the playoffs, at least you have some stability. At least you know. Okay, he got them there. That's never happened before. We can move into 2016 with the same core of players and the same coach with some notion of how we want to identify ourselves and play. It, it's got to be more than Jovinko, give Jovinko the ball and let him do some stuff. And they got to show up that defense. But making the playoffs would be a good step in the direction of proving to their fans they're, they're headed in the right direction. And allow, again, allowing them to keep that base in place. The base that is Greg Vanny as the head coach of Toronto FC. Man, I saw uh, there's something just sad today. Uh, let me see if I pull. I did click the link. I've got the tab somewhere. Josh Gatt. Josh Gatt. One, once upon a time, a uh, an exciting prospect for the U.S. men's national team, player that went from Michigan and high school soccer to Molda, where he blazed a trail with his incredible speed up and down the wing. In Norway, that was back in 2012. I mean, it's a long time ago. He's had so many injuries. Now, this is from StarsandStripesFC.com. Josh Gatt, who I follow on Twitter, put something up on his on his Instagram. It appears if we as if we won't see Josh Gatt play soccer again for a while. The speedy winger, who was who had so many around the American soccer world buzzing in 2012 with his spectacular play with Molda FK, posted a heartfelt instagram message this morning in it he informs us that a second attempt to repair his left knee was unsuccessful and that a third surgery was needed this is from josh Gatt's instagram a lot has happened to me these past months i've seen a lot of doctors in many different countries to find and solve the problem which has been my left knee i've had a terrible string of injuries and adversity that made me question the choices i've made and if i should continue to make the same choices again most of you don't don't know what happened but to fill you in i had to repair my knee again The last surgery I had didn't take the way we'd hope and it led to more damage in my knee. I wish I could say things would be easy and I'd be back sooner rather than later, but that's not the truth. The truth is is I have to start at square one a third time. That doesn't change what I have to do. I choose to fight. I choose to get back up after getting knocked down again. I choose to never give up and work every day as hard as I can to continue chasing my dreams. They are far from gone and not even close to out of reach. Some might not believe I can do it, which is your opinion, and it's fine, but it's not my opinion I know I'll play again. I will work as hard as I can every day to reach my goals and to play again. I'm a fighter. I am not a quitter, and I will get better. For those of you who support and believe me, I could not ask for anything more, and I hope you know I truly appreciate that with all my heart. If you can show me faith and believe in my recovery, I will turn the favor in kind by doing everything I can to get back to that field. Wish me some luck and keep uh, keep a lookout in the future. I will make a comeback. Josh Gatt. And that's... Just a sad story. I mean, I, I really do hope the kid gets back on the field and can do something uh, positive with his career because there's nothing more painful than to see a talented player. I don't know what Josh Gatt's ceiling was going to be. I mean, who knows? We might never know now, but it's there's nothing more tragic than seeing an, a, a talented player have his ability to play limited by injuries, his career cut short by injuries if it comes to that. His 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 career marked by long stretches of being out. I mean, american and Americans. I'm sure every nation has these guys, incredibly talented players at a young age who look like they're going to be the future and then can't get past injury. But I mean, we have we have such touchstone moments in the history of the American uh, uh, of the American national team because we haven't been doing it that long at a high level. John O'Brien. I mean, that's that's the number one guy. Stuart Holden, who is still trying to work back. Is maybe transitioning into television, but is still trying to work back. Now Josh Gatt. I'm sure there's a number of players. I mean, who's on the list? The top five players who injury ruined their chances of becoming what they could possibly have become. I feel as though it wouldn't take a lot to put that list together. Uh, Edward on Twitter, as far as Toronto, New York City, FC, I expect another shootout. NYCFC can't contain Gio. Toronto can't contain Villa. Villa's uh, completely healthy. I mean, I know he came off at halftime in Frisco. But that probably to help save him um, for for a, a stretch run here. Now, I don't think NYCFC is making the playoffs, but I guess having a healthy David Villa and having him ready to play at home is uh, probably the way to go if you're Jason Kreiss. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's get ready to wrap this one up again. Apologies for the phone lines, guys. I didn't, uh, we didn't know that was going to happen. Clearly, uh, technology, uh, technology didn't want to cooperate today. Uh, technology is our friend in a lot of cases today. It was not, but we will be back ready to go tomorrow. Hopefully the phones work. We'll talk uh, champions league and the fallout from today's action. Uh, CONCACAF champions league MLS as well. We'll see if this is a shootout up at NYCFC at Yankee Stadium. And we'll do more soccer. Find us on Backheel.com, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Give us a rating and a review at iTunes. Uh, Buy a t-shirt and a mug, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Later. Did my invitations
1: disappear? What I put my heart on every cursive letter. Tell me why the hell no one is here.